This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about fortitude. Beyond the physical suffering that many victims of the COVID virus have been experiencing and the tragic death toll, I think the widest impact on people is the anguish that millions more have been going through. Naturally, at CEDF, we see this in our business owners that we serve, including not just borrowers, but others who contact our staff for guidance or information about relief programs for their operations. Like others who have run small businesses, I can tell you that it feels like an arrow through the heart when you hear about someone whose operation has been ordered closed or who's experienced a drastic decrease in customers. You think about the out-of-work employees and the, the life savings of many owners at risk. Fortitude is defined as the mental or emotional strength that enables courage in the face of adversity. And I know that's a quality in at least one of our clients, despite losing 85% of his revenue. My name is Stefan Richmond. I own Painting with a Twist located in downtown Hartford. We are a paint bar or a paint and sip where people come in to paint pictures for two hours, have some wine, soda, snacks, and they get to take that painting home with them at the end of the night. It's more of a social type of place um, where people can throw private parties or just come in off the street with the general public to paint a picture. So I chose the franchise in particular, Painting with a Twist, for a few reasons. It was more of this, it fit perfectly with my personality, what I was looking for, just the, the overall business sense. I chose downtown Hartford because Hartford was missing a lot of entertainment as far as in outside of bars, restaurants, nightclubs, and things like that. There's nothing for individuals who prefer the arts outside of theater to do that was activity-based, that gives them something to take home, um, that they can get out for multiple hours and relax. So once I happened upon the franchise in my studies and realizing that there's a void in the city with Black-owned businesses, that pretty much was the aha moment for me knowing that the business would indeed be successful. I would characterize my level of success as great. It, it was fruitful the first year. And then after that year two, was gangbusters. It was great. The word started getting out, especially with corporations. This is where they can do their team building locally to where we had companies that walked to us instead of sending their employees um, out and about in different towns. And then COVID hit. There was no good thing about COVID. But for me personally, I learned a long time ago that when you have your own business, try not to initially live off the business. So I made sure I saved every dime that we were profiting, which wasn't much for just in case moments and then COVID hit. So we had a little cushion to play with while the government figured out what they wanted to do. COVID had like everyone else had a shutdown initially, but we then pivoted to be able to reopen with some new offerings, whether that be stay at home and we would stream over the internet or we would travel to you during the summertime. We traveled to individuals' homes and did paint parties outside. For me personally, it's prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So when COVID initially happened, for me, my mind accelerated this thing eight months, one year, two years down the line. So I told myself, let's prepare for if this thing is a 
near permanent. And then if it's not, then we'll be in good shape when it completely goes away. So for us, initial shock wasn't there for me. And I, I kept my employees grounded. And then we kept everything in front of us. All of the loan programs or forgiveness programs or grant programs, the government's plus up to unemployment. So we made sure we kept everything in front of us. We stayed educated to not panic with, with everyone else. That kind of helped because it allowed us to not change much other than to follow what the government says. But for the business, we have four major costs, right? With most businesses. We have our debt from our financial institutions. We have our rent from our landlords and, and commercial property owners. We have our payroll. And then we have our general expenses, you know, um, our, our supplies. If there's no business, there's no supply. So that was the easy part, wasn't spending any money on supplies. Payroll. So for me, I wanted to keep the money going for them. So I kept them on payroll until the PPP kicked in. And I was able to take advantage of that and then keep them getting paid through streaming parties online and things of that nature. Um, I had a conversation with our landlords and said, look, frankly, I think this thing is going to last a little longer than what people expect. So I don't want to come back to you over and over and ask for forgiveness or ask for deferment or forbearance. So let's just put some permanent solutions in place by renegotiating the rent based off of my first two years of business and then based off what we see predicting after COVID happens. And I was able to do that. And then talk with my lender, which is CEDF. I believe that this thing's going to last a lot longer than three months. So let's kick this can down the road a little further. So that way we're not coming back, getting new signatures, writing new documents. Um, and if it ends prior to that, then we'll just pick up where we left off with payments. So for me, it was more of preparing as if this thing was a long-term financially and then shifting the business. I lost corporate business altogether, but shifting the business to where we can keep some type of revenue coming in, but not make paying bills a worry a pain or a headache by getting ahead of it and talking to employees, landlords, and commercial institutions for my debt. I'm kind of hard-headed. <laughs> so when someone says, hey, you have to shut down, it's like, what's the law? What's required of me? And then how can we play within that to keep this thing going? Because for us, it was more, not necessarily making revenue, it was more morale, keeping us tempered, to where we weren't panicking. We have this thing in front of us. We know what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. So let's start ideating. Let's start creating new ways to provide for businesses. Because as you remember in the beginning, when everyone shut down, they said, all right, only essential businesses. Then they said, well, if you sell alcohol, you can sell alcohol temporarily out of the door. You can send people home with the bottles of liquor if you're in a restaurant. So things of that nature. And so we said, all right, how do we reach people at home? We said, well, let's start looking at virtual classes. We had the equipment already. We just weren't doing it because we never thought of doing it. At the same time, working with the franchise headquarters, another franchise decided to do take-home kits. And it was a home run for her and her market. But after about a month in, we said, you know what? Let's poll our customers and see what they think. And then the customer said, yes, we'll buy take-home kits if you provide them. It was pretty much immediate for us. At its worst, um, it's currently still at its worst, <laughs> we lost 85% of our revenue. It's funny I'm laughing about this right now. We got hit pretty hard. Corporate team building, since we're in a downtown location, represented 40% of our customer base, which was over, I would say, 55, 
of our revenue base. So once the businesses said, and I'm talking to big corporations, the travelers, the signals, the things like that, the law firms, once they said, we're not coming back to 2021, I was like, all right, that business is not coming back and we can't plan on it ever coming back. Again, for me, planning long-term, making things permanent because the other percentage of our business, a mix between general public slash private parties, when everybody's quarantined, people can't go anywhere. So if they can't move or go anywhere, then the private party revenue goes away and our pretty much our general public revenue goes away. So in the beginning, once we were allowed to reopen, a lot of our customers were first responders. A lot of our customers were nurses who needed breaks and things like that, who took precautions. With the take-home kit, we can do a lot from that. And we'll provide instructions inside the bag for you to paint on your own. Or you can buy a take-home kit for the class that we're presenting on Friday night, and you can follow along live um, with that class. Or again, you could take a take-home kit of your choice, and then there'll be a video for you to be able to log into a special website to watch. So the take-home kit was just how do we get the product into the hands of the customer? But now, again, these are people who don't paint, right? They want the fun. It's fun art, not fine art. So now we have to figure out how to give them lessons and great instruction because that's our brand, really. Our brand isn't really the, the subject matter and the art. It's more the social and the paint instruction and the fun of these paint classes. But then once this thing stretched into the spring and summer months, that's when we said, all right, we need to start doing offsite. I think we need to keep this train going. We need to offer home parties offsites, which we never wanted to do. We never want to go to people's homes where there's liability of spilling paint on a carpet curtain, a driveway, things like that. But people were open to it. And we said, we can come to your home. We can only do it outside. So shade is best. We will still limit the number of people. So outside of take-home kits, doing offsite parties, home parties was big for us. It, it actually sustained us over the summer. The emotional response was great. It's something I think I may continue once this whole thing is over. When COVID hit us in the summertime, so people were starting to get a little stir crazy and the communications that we were getting from local government, let alone the federal government, were inconsistent. We didn't know how long it was going to last, how long quarantine was, and there was some iffiness. So me being able to come to people's homes, albeit outside in the yard or driveway, the emotional response was great. And once, once people saw that, because again, we post our pictures online, it garnered more customers saying, hey, can you come out for five people? Can you come out just for three people? And we made concessions depending on how close they were to Hartford, but the emotional response was great because that gave people a release and allowed them to hit the reset button on the whole quarantine thing because they got to see family and friends, but it was outside. It was still social distancing. At that time, we were still wearing masks outside and allowed people to hit the reset button on that tolerance level of the unknown. The constraints for the studio and for reopening weren't too tough on us because the way our studio is set up, we have very long tables and we clean up after every class. When I say clean, we sweep the floors, we clean the bathroom thoroughly. We have to wash all the brushes in hot water, of course, because they're covered in paint and people are using them, things like that. So being clean was our motto. So the cleanliness and the touching aspect, we Lysol all the time. This was normal for us. So all we pretty much had to do was cut the size of our classes down to allow the six feet worth of space. And so even when they relaxed the constraints in phase two and said, all right, you all can go to 50 people indoors or whatever the number was, 
We said, no, we liked having a room with only 10 to 12 people in it and it being a large room and everybody feeling comfortable enough and safe to paint. So we just want to make the customers feel as if there was no worry of COVID while they were in the studio. We're still kicking. We're still doing all these new things. Um, when we did do the live classes or even the pre-recorded classes, we would release them on Facebook for free. So that way our customer base can see them and know that we're still open. We're still partying. And that really helped too, because those videos were getting like thousands of views. For the studios in and around me, there was a studio on the shore in Westport. And then there was... Um, in uh, East Long Meadow, which is 15 minutes north of Hartford. And then there was uh, a studio in uh, New York, all three of them closed. I would definitely attribute our survival 100% to the proactivity, trying to keep something as tragic as this in front of you, not panic. Uh, my employees are all still with me. They stuck through it. I took some of the money that we did have saved up and new paint job, new logos, flooring, new cleans, um, redesign the entire back studio, new brushes. I made sure that when this thing is over and people come back, they don't come back to the same old thing. By us being open, what people don't see is that even though we're a paint bar, there's alcohol sometimes involved. There's a therapeutic component to painting. There's a therapeutic component to coming in and having someone teach you paint. And we play music. So there's a therapeutic component to music, as we all know. So I think by us staying open, especially for some of our, what we would call our longtime VIP customers, again, a lot of our customers are nurses, some people who do have to work or come downtown, and they're just happy to see us open. They're happy to see people in there, no matter how spread out, and still painting. Because again, we have restaurants closing everywhere. We have businesses that are permanently shutting down where we were kind of sort of like this beacon, if you will, of hope, saying, all right, these guys, they're still trying. So those that were brave enough to say, all right, we'll take the precautions and we'll go book a paint night. We were that release valve. Thanks to Stefan Richmond for explaining how he managed to get through the COVID crisis in 2020. You can find out more about his paint studio at paintingwithatwist.com, then search for his location in Hartford, Connecticut. Thanks to Kesta for Music, our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the eighth year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates as small as a few thousand dollars and larger business loans too from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available on our educational website, weteachsuccess.org. It's number 21-1. Stefan, thanks for doing this interview in Zoom. Any advice for business owners for 2021? Let's start ideating. Let's start creating new ways to provide for businesses. 